What week of coronavirus pandemic is it? Um, It's week 53 and 75 quarters. Okay. Because I feel like there are probably so many people such as you, such as I, who are like what I would fucking give to be back in my cubicle staring at Karen to have water cooler chat with this lady. I would give my left arm. Am I lying? No, like 100%. The walls are getting darker. Days are getting longer. Is it really winter? Game of Thrones style. Winter is here. It is the height of 2020. No, exactly. And part of me is like if an asteroid came and hit, you know, it'd be doing us a favor at this point. Would it be the worst thing? Would it? Guys, Emily and I have been chatting and we're like, you know, what we would fucking give to be back at our obscure jobs to make a buck because in the moment we may have taken it for granted being like I can't believe I have to go to this club to maybe see Robert Kardashian's fat ass <laughs> and now we're sitting here in our houses being like oh, we I would do it again in a heartbeat we need to make a buck we're bored let's get it cracking and I'm sure for you guys it's probably the same sitch right yeah Well, let me just answer for you because there's no other correct answer. No, like me and Taylor, as we do every week, talking about our lives in Agewood, TBT to when there was a Hollywood. And we're just like, what would we sell our souls to do again? Because guys, we are just that bored. And we have taken you guys inside the carpet. We have taken you into some pretty swanky events. But we really haven't talked much about the behind the scenes situation, like when you have to go report at, I don't know, someone's funeral. We've been in so many sketchy situations. Yes, at the end of the day, a dollar does make us holler. And we're going to take you into the life of a term we like to call in the industry back reporting. If you aren't familiar with back reporting, because we're we're throwing that around a lot in this episode, that's when you have to like basically do the dirty to get info on celebs. No matter what job it is, no matter if you are having pointless small chat about the weather with your boss who you can't stand, who has a camel toe, and you don't want to tell her because you want to get that pay bump in your cubicle. We deal with crazy ass shit too, but now it's like, again, what I would do, I would swan dive back into that scenario in a heartbeat. And like Emily said, we have been in some pretty kooky ass scenarios. So get your panties ready because they're about to explode with the wildness of things that our eyes have encountered. My eyes have seen it. My therapist's ears have heard about it. My mom has listened to my tears shed about it. And now you guys are going to suffer through it too. Um, do you think that we should leave the craziest, most obscure for the end, the grand finale, to really make them wet their panties from here to Idaho? Like really go soft, ease into it at first, and then full on car crash collision. So we're not scaring you guys right away. Probably, probably. We're going from like fender bender to like full on call your insurance company. Get into the moment. I mean, I know one that comes to mind for me is again like the shit that we'll do to make a buck and we self-willingly put our bodies in these scenarios I remember one time I had to interview Tori Spelling at a Mel's diner and Mel's is this really popular famous diner in LA and it's kind of like retro in 50s and she was helping promote that OPI grease line do you remember that oh yes get a load of this we're sitting in a booth in Mel's and everyone's dressed like they're going to the hoppity hippity hop or whatever like they call it like the 50s poodle skirts with the scarves around the neck that whole thing so everyone's already dressed like this got it so like Danny and Sandy vibes 
No, 100%. So I'm sitting in the booth with Tori. Meanwhile, the outlet I'm there for wants me to ask Tori about domestic abuse violation allegations, police reports that had happened like 48 hours prior between her and Dean. You guys, who do you think is sitting at the bellhop? That's not the right word. What is the fucking word for this that you would do in the 50s? I mean, I personally wasn't alive in that time, so I'm not quite positive, but pop to the top. Like the bop? The jailhouse rock. Anyhow, her young daughter, I want to say, you know, she has a whole breed of a whole like school of kids, but one of her daughters, who I want to say is probably like nine or 10 at the time, is sitting right next to her in this booth drinking a milkshake. And I have to be like, so about the accusations that you and Dean are abusing each other and going to jail, like, let's just talk about that. Kill me. I'm sitting there. Her daughter's like has sprinkles on her upper lip. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so awkward. Tori Spelling is such a motherfucking pro. This bitch knows. This bitch knows. Like we've probably, I think I've talked about her before, but doesn't she am? Like that bitch is the rodeo queen of doing press and interviews. She works that shit. Like the stripper pole. Oh, she knows. I'm like eyeing her daughter sitting on her lap. I'm like, you know, given your family, it must be hard to read things about you and your husband in the news. And she and I gave each other this really psychic, telepathic glare eye movements back and forth. And then that was basically the exchange. Like she was like her eyes like twitching. Like she's like, bitch, don't go there. But also like trying to be so nice. Like you're exactly right. And then that's how the story pretty much ended. So yeah, just uh, kill myself basically. Oh, yeah. I love the look. Love the unspoken truth where you both are, you know, telepathically communicating that your editor is making you do this. Exactly. And yeah, that's the stare. That's the mutual respect. That is just about as close as you will come to a celebrity understanding you on a deeper level. You know how the Bloods and the Crips have like their hand gestures to show they're in a gang? With us, it's the stare. Did you have to do any snooping, Taylor? Any touchy observations? Like was she holding her daughter's hand too strong or being too aggressive with her tone? Like did they want any colorful, flavorful details? Of course. And um, you really have to get into this because you are the queen. You are the connoisseur. You are the matriarch of the snoop. You guys, the snoop is a whole thing that we had to do in our jobs, literally detailing what song a person was listening to. If they had a bite of a grilled cheese, was there wheat bread or white bread? What kind of nail polish? Am I exaggerating? No, like we've talked about the squat. Now we're going to talk about the snoop. And if you don't know what the squat is, then stop listening right now and go back to an earlier episode because we're going to take you back in time to Stacey Dash and Taylor Ferber living their best lives. Squat and Snoop with your squad. Squat and Snoop. Elle Woods is shaking in her boots. So let's repeat this, okay? The squat, the Snoop, the stare. The triple S's. The trifecta the holy trinity. Okay, so here's the to you guys. If you're ever reading a magazine and you're reading something so specific and you're like, wow, did this person wake up in bed next to Ben Affleck? How is this person knowing exactly the ratio of cream to sugar in his coffee cup? They actually may have been waking up next to him, but like not always. So it probably says according to an insider, according to a source. Okay, listen, I'm going to steal the thunder, break your hearts, destroy your dreams. If you still think Santa Claus is real, you should probably turn off this episode because I'm going to expose the life of a reporter. The source, the witness, the eye bystander is a reporter almost always. Yep, it's true. This is when you're getting the exclusive details. 
So I'll take it back. I'll take it back. Taylor, a few summers back, do you remember when Ben Affleck was dating that super young, super gorge Playboy model? Yes. He's been all around town, that man. He has been around the block. His roster is just flowing with hot tamales. (laughs) No, it is. It is. So Ben Affleck is just being Ben Affleck, decides to go on a date with his new gal pal. Okay, and we hear rumblings, you know, me and my team, that they're going to go out on the town. Paparazzi photos show up one morning of Ben Affleck having dinner with his Playboy model, Shauna Sexton, at none other than Nobu Malibu, which, as we talked about earlier, fan favorite there, octopus legs. You can get scallop fingers. It's a real treat, a real California delicacy. I actually prefer the scallop fingers fried, not broiled, but that's just my personal preference. Or else don't even think about serving it to me. So anyway, guess who has to go and find out details about Ben Affleck and his hot date with this chick, Seaside in Malibu. Oh, no. Which happened literally moments, if not milliseconds, after he got out of a rehab. Emily Blair Marcus, the waiter, the busboy, the bartender, the valet. Emily Blair. That is me. That is I. So there are two approaches to back reporting when you're trying to get details at a restaurant, okay? You have to play a part. Here are your options. Happy tourist and flirty tourist. But no matter what, you are a tourist. Because no matter what, if you're from LA, you would not be caught dead at Nobu, being seen, being heard, asking questions about Ben Affleck. Hell nah. So you're definitely not from around here, sweetie. So my magazine gives me a budget to go and snoop around. And I obviously can't go by myself because I'm a pussycat meow. I bring my extremely flamboyant best friend, Austin, and he decides to use the happy tacky tourist approach. Austin goes on a rampage to our waiter about how he's visiting from Arizona. He's so obsessed with the celebrities. And, you know, of course, Ben Affleck. And then the waiter, you know, shares some fun facts and obviously has no idea that I'm furiously typing away on my notes app everything he's saying. The waiter goes off on how Ben Affleck was having so much fun, was super flirty with this chick, arm in arm, PDA, the whole shebang. So that is how you get the tea, ladies and gentlemen. That is how the information is being signed, sealed, and delivered right from the waiter's throat to my ears to the magazine's paper you steal all the information from the waiter who you just befriended and then good luck sir when you see all of the leaked details in print the next week thank you very much the waiter could have been writing in hieroglyphics and meanwhile you're like i am writing this into a novel and delivering it straight to my editor sir you don't even fucking know you don't even know straight to my editor and the flirty approach does work too but you have to be super crafty with it And here's the tea, girls. You probably know this if you've been flirty with a dumb frat boy. Here's the ultimate rule. They have to always be more drunk than you are. I've been there. I've done that. I've learned the hard way. It's true every single time. Same works with a celebrity. They are the frat boy. You are the girl on the block outsmarting them. 100%. I'll go off of that and offer another approach, which I've mentioned before, is the don't give a shit about you attitude. So, for example, when Leo DiCaprio is an arm's length, I'm looking at him like, I truly don't care. Girls, we all know that boys love it when you shit on their heads and act like they don't exist. So you could also pull this approach with, say, a source or somebody who you need to get info from, because the more you act like you don't give a shit about them, the more they want attention from you. And so on this episode of how frat boys and A-list actors are one and the same, we give you the I don't give a shit about you approach, which works every time. We should give an episode on dating tips because, wow, we have none. And also dating your editors. Oops, I did it again. Believe it or not, 
like Emily said before, when it's like a source, a lot of the times that comes from the person's entourage, like someone they think is close to them, their manicurist, their nose plucker, you name it. Oh yeah. They'll spill the tea on these people for a buck. TMZ's like, I'll offer 50 G's. Let's do it. Oh my God. Sellouts are my favorite kind of people. They are the most underrated people in Hollywood. They deserve Oscars. They deserve a lifetime membership to Nobu endless supply of crab leg fingers because they are the ones giving out the dirt. And a lot of times, yeah, it's someone's own publicist. Like I could tell you guys stories that will make you cringe. I can't tell you how I know them, but here's an example. Channing Tatum, when the news came out that he was dating Jesse J. Do you want to know who that news came from? Oh, who? Jenna Dewan's publicist. <gasps> Damn. T. T. And I've had so many instances, so many emails when I'm trying to get a certain celebrity booked. Taylor and I are actually dealing with this now. And in order to get, you know, the desired celebrity, you need to interview Tweedledee and Tweedledum who are represented by the same publicist who have four and a half followers on Instagram and, you know, have a lot of potential to make it in the year 2037. If we're still alive by that time, if the Wuhan bat hasn't taken us all from the earth. You need to do a trade. It's the same kind of thing as back reporting. If you want a tip from someone, you need to be willing to play the game. Like if you've ever seen an article about some obscure face mask on people.com and you're like, what the hell am I reading? You're reading this because someone told an editor at People some really high profile information and said, I will give you the exclusive on this if and only if you write another article about my other client who created an amazing face mask made out of cow sperm. It's the newest trend, super holistic, will clear all your pores. We also have found ourselves in some pretty obscure locations around this city, this fine city of Los Angeles. Like what are some of the most fucking bonkers that you're like, is this hallucination or mushrooms or am I actually here doing my job right now? And you think the same thing about your editor, like, hmm, self is my editor actually tripping on acid that he would send me to this location to get said information. No, literally. I've done a lot in my heyday, but I think what takes the cake, there is nothing I hate more than going to a club. I'm sorry, I said it. I'm probably the most anti-LA bitch you've ever met in your life. So you can imagine my despair, my absolute dismay, when I was instructed to spend a nice casual Thursday evening at Nightingale. Nightingale, all you boys and girls out there, is one of the most exclusive clubs in LA. You will probably, you know, find the entire senior class, class of COVID-19 out there hanging out because their IDs say they're 27 from Iowa, pretending like they're having the time of their life, clothes are falling off, sweat is pouring. And then there is me, probably in black jeans, probably some blue light glasses, standing there for a Travis Scott appearance, banking on the fact that my eyes will cross his. Not even a concert and appearance. Because just days before, Stormy Jenner entered the world. My editor was hoping that Travis Scott would give a little shout out, blow a little kiss to Kylie. Do you want to know what time Travis Scott showed up? He showed up in 2020 on the day that coronavirus was revealed. Am I lying? No, he showed up, ripped off his skin suit, and revealed that he is in fact the Wuhan bat. Two in the morning. This man shows up, probably says three words about the weather. Then he is gone like the wind. That was just a back reporting fail for the memes, a wish that died in the ground, currently buried in my backyard. Listen, at least he did show up. Remember that time I had to go to a club in the hopes of seeing Robert Kardashian in Black China and these fuckers never showed up. They were so knee deep in a marathon of their own E-series that taint that they couldn't even show up to the thing that they were allegedly booked for. Then and there, I lost my dignity. I was in so many weed puffs. I could barely see straight and I am not a weed smoker. Listen, I used to be in corporate America 
you know when you're sort of your coworkers twist your arm to go to that happy hour and you're like, I really don't want to. I literally would rather be dead than do this, but it'll be a good look. I have to be social. I should probably like hang with my boss outside the cubicle, etc. That's what this is like, but on steroids. You're like, I should probably do it. Will it advance my career? I don't know. Will I make money off it? Perhaps. But at the end of the day, it just sucks your soul. And it's like, again, it's the grind. It's what you have to do beyond the nine to five, just in life. You find yourself in these scenarios where you're just like, how in the fuck? I was going through, for the sake of this app, some of the archives that I have. You guys wouldn't believe some of the shit. There's so many layers to this. Like A, the people that they, the editors are hoping you'll see at these events. So like your Travis Scott thing, Kylie Jenner is magically going to birth Jesus's stepbrother from Immaculate Conception on stage while Travis is in intermission. No, like that's it. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's one layer of how insane. Then the next layer is the thing that they are promoting. I remember one time I had to go to a Wiz Khalifa concert, same thing. And by the way, at these things, you're by yourself, like bopping and grooving, and people are like, is she okay or is she a sociopath? But I once covered this with Khalifa concert, same exact thing as Emily's describing, in hopes that maybe Amber will emerge out of the crowd and get on one knee and propose to Wiz Khalifa, her ex, and then also Kanye will come on stage and they'll have a threesome. No. Meanwhile, do you know what his partnership was? This is probably my favorite part of this. His partnership for the concert was with? Give it to me. Doritos. So... Just do with that what you will. Doritos really brought us all together that evening. And you know, this was before 2020 when things were normal, less questionable. One of the more regular, believable moments in time. Taylor, I want to tell you just how immune to celebrities I am. Like this is probably going to scare you. So I am not the greatest back reporter, maybe because I just actually honestly don't care. But this is how blind I am, you guys. Okay, like Helen Keller has nothing on me. I was at Nobu earlier this week, Nobu Malibu, by the shore, enjoying some crab knuckles. Guess who was at Nobu at the same exact time I was? And I can't make this up. Kim and Kanye and Leo and his girlfriend, Camilla, the foursome, the fabulous four. Guess who literally was blissfully unaware? I may as well have been in Genovia having tea with Anne Hathaway. Wait, are you being sarcastic or this actually happened? No, and this is like a true story. Wait, what? Were they all together? No, no, no. Like they were there. They were separate, but were there at the exact same hour. Yeah, they were literally walking out at the exact same time. So that's what happened. That's fun that I was there to just not witness that moment in time. Okay. So let me get this straight. Camila's like giving Leo a blowjob um, at your table. And then Kanye is like doing a strip dance for Kim. And you were just like scrolling on your Instagram feed being like, okay, another day, another dollar. Like, where are my calamari legs? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> okay. I'm really glad we got that cleared up. So yeah, you guys, that is just the situation you'll find yourselves in. So that's when I'm off the job. But when I'm on the job, let me just tell you, my first day as an intern, it was the day that Angelina and Jolie were headed driving full force right into Splitsville. Brad and Angelina, broken up, rip. I probably spent five hours, the better of five hours, staking out Angelina Jolie's compound. And then afterwards, went to the Bel Air Hotel and had a drink in the lobby for a good 17 and a half hours because Brad Pitt was staying there. So I will dedicate myself to the gig for a pretty penny. But when I'm off the job, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West could be eating fish legs on top of me, filing a ballot for president of the United States. Northwest could be giving me a manicure. Stormy could be doing my pedicure and I would have no idea. Before we get into the 
hotel lobby slash funeral slash tragic accident reporting. We're not kidding. No, and I like how I'm laughing at that just because like, is my soul okay? I'm not really sure. But some place that we really find ourselves, and I'm so glad you brought this up, Emily, is the restaurant. And you guys, like the restaurants where I have had to do reporting from get so insane. There's two that in my mind really stick out from my experience. Once I remember I had to have dinner. I'm acting like it's so bad. I'm like, oh, I had to have dinner at this really delicious, bougie, overpriced, expensive sushi restaurant. Oh, poor me. Never had a meal like it since. Rip. But Leah Michelle was having her birthday party at a high-end sushi restaurant called Roku. Is that how you pronounce it, Em? Mm-hmm. And no, this is like not an extra thing that you plug into your game box or your PlayStation. It is, in fact, a restaurant that is fucking delicious on Sunset Boulevard. Oh, and if you're thinking about going, they're closed. Rip. Once Leah Michelle got canceled, they decided they needed to cancel themselves as well to obliterate all association. No, they were like, anyone who has ever stepped foot in here and they've been canceled, we, we cannot exist. Sorry. And so, yeah, I sat there and was a few boots down from Leah Michelle. Becca Tobin joined her. I think a few other Jamie Lynn Sigler joined her and just had to sit there like a fucking weirdo and watch what they did. And then I had to write to my editor again, the fucking details that you would be like, who gives a rat's ass? Literally like Leah said, yay. When her birthday cake came out, there was a pink candle in her cake and it was sparkling. They sipped red wine. I'm not kidding. Like Emily, am I wrong? These are the deeds. No, yeah, that's a great representation of what it's actually like to be there. The most horribly uncomfortable. I just want to get into another restaurant really quickly experience that I had to report from that will blow your minds and your toddler's minds and Dorit Kemsley's mind. Do you know where? Do you know what Italian family style chain with, you know, table sizes of eight or more that I had to report from because apparently Taylor Swift was going to be there. Any guesses? I'll give you guys another hint. The tables are famously known for having a giant pope head in the middle that you can just stare at, talk to, hope that you have some kind of come to Jesus realization. A little establishment I like to call Buca de Peppo, baby. Believe it or not, the Swanky Four Seasons and Roku, they just were not popping that night. So your girl found herself at the family-friendly establishment hoping to see Taylor Swift's pinky nail, okay? Soraya... Is that an actress or a singer, by the way? I think she's on Empire. She was having her 21st birthday. And for whatever reason, my editors were possessed enough to think that Taylor Swift, Gigi Hadid, and Haley Baldwin were going to be there. I show up again, do the awkward dinner at the booth by myself, watching as if I'm about to skin them and wear them. And no, none of the girls showed up. But do you know who I did see? Topher Grace and his wife in another section of the restaurant. And that is like the most exciting reporting I got that night. No, I'm screaming. So yeah, no establishment, no establishment is off limits for this fucking shit. Okay. None. And then of course there's the always, before we get into like the deep shit, there's always the really sort of awkward potential me too-y places where you're like, well, it's for the job. So I guess it's for the greater good. You ever had that where you're like, suddenly it's me and Nick Cannon alone in this villa. And I say this very specifically for a reason. Have I had that? Hmm. Have I? Yes, I have. Plot twist. I know the anticipation is killing you. I just started sweating. Sweating, Emily. No, just sometimes when you're really in these awkward, like, 
I was supposed to interview Nick Cannon. Actually, something with Nick Cannon. What the fuck? This reminds me, two events where it's supposed to be like a big social gathering. And at one of them, I ended up in a private villa he had on property. How awkward. Me and him in this villa where there's a whole event with party goers outside. And then another time, I interviewed him at this crazy thing, yet again, in like a garage in North Hollywood that Kanye West was supposed to show up and perform. And he didn't. And I ended up talking to Nick Cannon in the parking lot on the way out. Like, what the fuck? There's such a fine line. Like, here's an example. I was putting together a photo shoot for one of my clients, and we were looking at this property. The property manager called me out of the blue. He's like, yeah, come over, have some champagne. We'll talk about the, the place, the rental, the fees, all that. I'll show you around. And I'm like, is this guy fucking kidding himself? Like, are you thinking I'm going to go over alone to your giant mansion if you drink champagne for the hope of, like, I don't know, you giving me a few dollars off of this shoot? I literally brought two people with me to this house. You can just never be too careful. Like, mm, I don't know, don't really feel like dying today. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes you go along with it. Sometimes Cody Simpson is winking at you, singing at you through his eyes, and you're like, mm, yeah, I could be down. But other times, hell to the no. Evaluate the worth of the situation. Speaking of Cody Simpson, that reminds me of when I covered the infamous Bootsy Bellows 4th of July party. Do you remember when that was actually a thing? I think it's been since it's extinct. I probably blocked it out of my head mentally. Like, you know, when you have severe trauma and you can't remember. I won't get into the details, but I'll just leave you with this. Every year, Bootsy Bellows throws a 4th of July banger at Nobu, the aforementioned establishment that Emily saw Kanye, Leo, and Kim having an orgy on her table. True story. One year I covered it, Brody Jenner was the DJ. And in one corner, I saw Amber Rose, Scott Disick, French Montana, all in there drinking cocktails, smoking, I don't know, I can't say with confidence. And I believe Cody Simpson was in another corner with some tall blonde, which I'm sure I told my editors about because, you know, no one is safe. And so just place yourself in that VR simulation and just think about what you would do in that moment. I'll just leave you with that little fairy tale. You just never know. Never know. What a time to be alive. Should we get into some dark shit? I feel like we should. And I'll kick it off with something not too horrible. We can ease into the moment together holding hands, kumbaya. So I'll take it back. When Luke Perry tragically passed away, I'm sure you guys were calling your 90s best friends, maybe watching the news for updates, maybe binge watching 90210. That was not my experience. I was not granted the opportunity to mourn like any normal civilian. So let me guess, and I'm not trying to make light of this. It was horrible when he passed. No, it was awful. It was awful. Were you asked to like be the one to cremate him? bring the cremation to his family, then proceed to give the church speech. Like what exactly was your role in this scenario? Because I know it was probably pretty in depth. I was instructed to go to Luke Perry's house where he died. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I know it was really beautiful. And this was after I had sent emails to the publicists of his co-stars asking them for immediate reactions. But yes, I was instructed to go to his house, see if I could spot any emergency personnel, talk to his grieving neighbors, stake out, see what I see, do what I do, keep my eyes wide open. So that was my experience. And let me just tell you, not fun. So did you have to prose as a Girl Scout and try to sell some cookies and be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea there was a death here today. Did you suddenly jump the mailman and take his outfit? How do you infiltrate this household? <laughs> 
No, like this was actually one of those days where I'm like, "Mm, I'm not even going to try. Like I got out of the car and the neighbors are all looking at me like, bitch, if you don't get back in, I will put you back in. We've talked about how we see other reporters at events. We give them yet a little eye, like we all know what we're doing there. We're all on the same page. Wink, wink, cough, cough. There were other reporters at Luke Perry's house. You better believe it. There were people stalking in like little, you know, Honda Civics, just like me. And then there were people in full on KTLA news vans. Okay. Not subtle at all. There were people riding furiously in their passenger seats on their iPhone 11s, refusing to blink as, you know, this scene unraveled before us. It was as if the ghost of Luke was going to come out, do a press conference, hold hands with KJ Appa and just, you know, go back to Riverdale. No. How crazy. So I acknowledged the situation, realized how disgusting I felt and decided to drive away. I would just, you know, pull something out of my ass, write it down, send it in and move on with my life. And given the state of 2020, do you look back at that moment in time and be like, what I would give, what I would give to go back, pretend to be Jehovah's Witness, knock on Luke Perry's door and see what the situation is with his family for a buck? No, like you guys, I have had Jehovah's Witness approach me. I think at this point I can pretty much handle myself and execute what it takes to be a member. Speaking of Jehovah's Witness, do you remember? when our friend I'm not going to say who I'm not going to say for what outlet but we've mentioned her before so use your imaginations and choose your own adventure but I feel like she would tell us about how some huge huge a-listers moved into a neighborhood in Brentwood or Bel Air or something and how she I think it was like maybe someone famous after their divorce, like Jennifer Garner, Jen Aniston, something in that vein. And she would literally have to go up to the mansion community and befriend her neighbors and see what the situation is. Is this invasion of privacy, Cardi B? I'm talking to you. I'm asking, asking for a friend or not. Or is this simply a job that pays for your dental 401k and life insurance? I have to know. No, I have to know right now, right now. How about two? We know a reporter who, what is that man from Glee who committed suicide? He he hung himself in a, was it up here in Glendale or in the valley in a, in a forest or something like that? It was horrible. It was really horrible and really obscure. The man who plays Puck. His name is Mark Sailing. Mark Sailing. Our research is on point, you guys. Expertise. We have little interns in the corner typing this up, ferociously listening to every word we're saying. And by interns, Emily means my plant and my yoga mat. They're working very hard. We pay the minimum wage. No, I remember when he died because they wanted me to go cover an event that night that Jane Lynch was going to be at. And I literally told them I was sick. I literally was like, I'm ill. I can't go to this event. This was after agreeing to cover and then being like, you know what? There's There's got to be a line drawn. She's like, I have coronavirus. They're like, what's that? You're like, you'll know. Like, don't worry, sweetie. That's a secret. I'll never tell. I remember a friend that we have who works for another pop culture site had to literally go to this fucking forest with all the other news trucks and be the first on the scene. See the situation. Like how fucking uncomfortable. Emily, it's like your Kobe Bryant thing. How basically they were like, oh, okay, the helicopter tragically just passed in your yard. Could you like climb in the helicopter? It's like, what the fuck, guys? Like what? Where's the line in this bitch? Like, when do we start normalizing this in the industry? And I think the grand finale is something that Taylor has goes to show that this is normal for people. There is no, no normal. Okay. One time I was, see, I make the mistake or I did because I was, the hustle was so hard. The grind was 
so intense that I would get asked to do things and I wouldn't even read the fucking invite. I would just be like, is the date good? I'm open. Okay, good to go. Absolutely, I'm there. And then I would show up and be like, oh, this is this is what I'm covering. Okay. I was guilty of that all the time. Once it bit me in the ass because I had to cover this protest. Okay. It was at the Korea consulate downtown. It was called the last chance for animals protest. Okay. Against the South Korean dog meat market. I show up to this protest on a hot Saturday downtown and I'm like, I don't really know. I don't know if I feel comfortable with this. It's like a lot of people protests. Don't know what can happen. Okay. We're going to, again, we're going to put ourselves in this position and just roll with it and roller coaster tycoon and see what happens. Okay. Next thing I know, they start bringing out one by one to this like chime, this like gong is going and everyone's silent at the protest. They start bringing out dead dogs dead dogs I'm like uh, uh, what the fuck I'm like it's 10 o'clock on a Saturday I haven't even had coffee next thing I know I'm watching this parade of dead dogs in front of my eyes all the protesters were looking at it like crying and 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 I'm just literally like I am gagging dry heaving in my purse to make matters worse I had to interview Two people about this is like Tori spelling on steroids, okay, with dead dogs fucking mixed in. I had to interview Priscilla Presley, Elvis's ex wife, and Lisa Marie's mom about her estranged relationship with Lisa, okay? Then I had to interview Kim Bassinger, who I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name, but she used to be married to Alec Baldwin and she's Haley Baldwin's aunt. And I, it was just when Haley and Justin Bieber got engaged. So, There's this whole protest about dog meat. And I have to talk to Kim about her niece just getting engaged to Justin Bieber and what she thinks her wedding is going to be like on the side of the street, on this pavement, on this walkway outside of the consulate. Can you fucking imagine? I'm surprised that I'm not in extensive therapy for that one. Yeah, no, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, because wow, I think there's one story that might just outshine this horrible situation. And I really think you need to give it to us down and dirty. Where is the most insanely horrendous place you've ever back reported in your life? Okay. On the surface, it doesn't seem horrendous. But when you get into the details, you're like, how could somebody do this for $200? For $200? Maybe, hey, maybe you're a tailor. Maybe you're an Emily. And maybe you'd be like, Give me the 200. I'm getting in there. Fuck yeah. Do you guys remember when Michael Jackson's dad, Joe Jackson, passed away? I think it was two summers ago. Okay. I was assigned to go to this beautiful five-star hotel in Pasadena because they were doing the funeral proceedings at that hotel. Okay. So I had to show up alone in Pasadena on a hot summer day. I don't know why the weather has anything to do with this. I'm just getting distracted from the details because it's horrific. And I had to literally try to get the, like, did they want me to climb in the casket or not? Did they? A literal funeral. A literal. Now, I don't know. I still don't know to this day. Again, little details as possible. I don't know if the actual funeral was there or if it was like the place, the ceremony afterwards or what was happening, but literally the hotel was shut down because they were like, there's a thing here taking place and it's for the, you know, it's private. And I had to show up alone 
and figure out the tea. Now, this is not crashing a wedding. This is not crashing a club. This is straight up funeral crashing and I have to do it. And it was not my proudest moment. Now, did I successfully crash the funeral? Sadly, I can't say that I did. Everyone just showed up and then immediately were escorted into like a private little pathway. But what I did was I pulled the Taurus move. I tried to pull the Taurus move, M, out of your book. I sat in that courtyard. I wandered around the hotel with a cocktail. And really, all I think the most action that I saw was like a German family from out of town, you know, figuring out which way the ballroom was. And uh, yeah, that's just uh, sometimes where life takes you. That is just where the wind goes. That is where life flows and ends, apparently. Listen, you could always be, you could always be the guy from TMZ whose literal life's work, who pays his dental, his 401k, his iVision bills, his Pornhub subscription, is to stand at LAX with a camera all day waiting for celebs to show up. This is a true story. This is a real position. You can see if they're hiring, maybe rough times. It's there. It exists for a rainy day. So needless to say, you're not the only ones. Looking back on the crazy ass, bleak shit that you used to do for a living to make a dime and be like, you know, those days, they were pretty, they were pretty bright. I wouldn't mind returning. I wouldn't mind returning to crash a funeral. I will drive up a windy canyon any week, drop of a hat, drop of a little nice English wedding hat to check up on Megan and Harry and to stake out to have a nice little cocktail at an expensive hotel, to catch a glimpse of someone like Steve Carell just having a nice night out. I'll do it. I'll be there. Say the word. Come at me. Let me ask you this before we let these people go. Is there anything, given the state that we're in, given the tumbleweed that is our existence, is there anything you wouldn't do to get back out there and make it happen, honey? I don't know if I've had a breaking point. Honestly, if I was asked to do some kind of Game of Thrones, Fifty Shades of Grey kind of shit, I may have to think that through. But you know, one in Rome. So guys, you know what? Put your dignities aside. Put your wallets first. It's fucking Corona season. It's here to stay. Nothing is too far or too out there or too off limits from dissecting the Wuhan bat itself to climbing into Joe Jackson's casket. We support you. We're here for you, and we're here to make you feel better about that shitty-ass happy hour that you committed to, because as you can see, it's probably not as deranged as you thought it was. No, I really don't think it is. I really don't think it is. 